4: My message couldn't be simpler. It's time to hunker down. It's time to cancel everything.
1: We're not seeing the poll book off by 30,000 votes. That's not the case. What did you guys
4: do? Take it and
1: uh, do something crazy to it. Dead people voted and uh, illegals
5: voted. So
1: that's
5: my answer. I've been in the news today. Uh, The first week of November, my daughter got married here in Austin. Uh, She had a a small, mostly uh, family, very private uh, wedding. Sarah was beautiful, the wedding was beautiful and intimate. I want you to know that I regret that travel. The bride looked beautiful.
6: Oh, that's really important, it sounds like. That's Not like things we have to go to.
7: That's wonderful. My goodness. Next time I go to somewhere really exotic, they hop on a plane. This guy, the mayor of Austin. What's his name? It's uh, Austin I Mayor uh, Adler. <sighs> has this... Uh, He's admonished everybody like everybody else has about, you can't do this, can't do this, can't do do that, can't do this. Skipped away for his daughter's wedding. They had a uh, get-together, mostly family, mostly family. Somehow, they were forced onto a plane.
5: I've (laughs) been in the news today. Uh, The first week of November, my daughter got married here in Austin. And like many other brides, uh, she had to cancel her original plans uh, in order to follow the rules, Uh, and instead... Uh, My friend who was just having his 50th birthday was going to the
7: French Laundry and he'd been working for a while. It was his birthday. It's so interesting that they give us all this extra crap to process as if it's pertinent, as, right. as if it's evidence that they really needed to go more than we need to.
6: That's the worst part of it. That's the worst part of it is the justifications.
0: You uh, know, had we had all a, have a
5: small, mostly uh, family, very private uh, wedding.
7: Mostly family. There was a really, really beautiful ice sculpture right in the middle of things. The dance floor was parquet, about fifteen by fifteen.
6: Well, and we, I mean, we don't... went
7: with a crooner this time instead of uh, having a DJ's are tacky, so we Who went paid? with the crooner. And not only that, but um, you should have seen the centerpieces were just lovely. We let the people keep them afterwards. You can keep a centerpiece, mm-hmm. and so uh, the, never before has uh, have we seen such chicken cordon bleu. That it was just primo. And I'm sorry, see you later. Um, it's incredible how the, we, he regales us with just. I don't know if it's it's supposed to be drawing us in so that we see like we're drawn into the father of the bride movie, saying, what? "You know what? This is pulling at my heartstrings." He's only being a human. I mean, Mm -hmm. wow.
6: Um, But I'm curious, too, who paid for the wedding because typically don't the parents of the bride, you know, handle most of it?
7: I think so.
6: So doesn't that mean that uh, that's him who's putting the bill for the wedding? So it's not – he's, like, putting all this responsibility. Like, my daughter had a wedding. I just went, like – but I'd kind of like to know if he was a little more involved in the organization and the planning than that. Because don't you think that if it's your kid who's getting married and you've told everyone else to cancel all their stuff that you would be saying, like, maybe he we wasn't, shouldn't be doing this. But it's no. he, the way he he's was phrasing it, it's like he player. was just this random guest He who was, was a big
7: player in this. He was an extra. He was uh, an asterisk in the event. Sure, he gave his daughter away. And then. <laughs> cried, and you got the pictures of the, the cross-eating cake stuff.
5: Sarah was beautiful.
7: <laughs> sorry, by the way, that your uh, dry cleaning store is out of business. You're being foreclosed upon, and uh, your life is screwed, by the way. But just so you know, Sarah was beautiful. Hope you feel better yeah. about sorry it. sorry
6: you couldn't have a funeral for your mom. My daughter's wedding was just lovely. Like, to- wow. The,
7: I mean... What's even more beautiful is that this comes today. This is today. This is mixed in. Remember, you told me when we were first dating, Alice, that Mm-mm. I couldn't. When we were new, we'll say what I, that I right. couldn't wrap in "I love you" with a criticism.
6: Yeah, I didn't want to be told "I love you," but
7: right, I love you. But do you mind like not leaving the spaghetti out or something like that? Mm-hmm. Into you like because I and I would infuse into my criticisms, and I love you to. To shield them from, yeah,
6: because then it seems like you're using "I love you" as a tool to soften something out. Just say, just spit right. it out.
7: Well, no, because if you spit it out, then it's a criticism. So you cloak it. <laughs> yeah, in but it I is a you.
6: criticism. You haven't disguised it. I can still see it. So yeah, but it doesn't
7: hurt. It's not a criticism. No, <laughs> it does. No, the, this is um, this is a uh, what's a what's a painkiller called? This is an anesthetic. When you say "I mm. love you," um, you know. I love you, but I, uh, you know, wish you'd fill the car up with gas. That takes away the criticism. Then it simply, <laughs>
6: no. it's it's a
7: gesture of emotional. Um,
6: I think uh, you should bonding
7: with a tiny bit of metadata in there no, about the gas.
6: No, I think you should be mature enough to just say what you mean to say, and not think you can trick me into all thinking that you're there, not pissed off at me about something if if by if putting, if putting "I love you." Okay, in front all of it. single
7: guys out there. <laughs> Don't believe any of this. Don't believe any of this. P- honesty is not the best policy. <laughs> honesty is the last resort when it comes to our relationships. All right. So more and more he's wrapping the stuff up in in an I love you to us, this mayor. Mm-hmm. He's saying, I love you so much, uh, you know, but – and that's what the suppressor is because he goes on to say, but you need to all stay in now forever and I'll get underground, et cetera. That was
6: last week, the wedding, the beautiful right, wedding.
7: right. You know, I love
5: you, but now get the hell into your basements – the wedding was beautiful and intimate, and most importantly, she was she was happy. Uh, afterwards, uh, a small, mostly family group. Uh, oh, went out for a walk uh, along the river. Uh, traveled to Mexico. Oh, well then, okay. I want you to know that I regret that travel. That's
7: what, I, you know what? I get the feeling that he's going to think about that block of time Just with sheer regret, cold (laughs) regret. It seems like it. The wife, the the
5: the bride was beautiful. It was an it it was a wonderful time. I wouldn't travel now. I didn't over Thanksgiving, and I won't over Christmas. Uh, And and no one should. Uh, uh, Everyone should be avoiding non-essential travel now. And this, he goes on to then. It's no
7: longer I love you to tell you how Texas is locked down, and it's. And it's terrible, terrible. But, mm-hmm. uh, of course, there is a spike in the coronavirus happening currently. And um, it, it's hitting some places more than others. It's the, these, the cases and hospitalizations are rising in Massachusetts. So far, the deaths haven't significantly on par with the original one. In other places, uh, I think nationwide, from what I've seen from the graph,
6: <laughs> yes. we're up
7: near the worst of it where it was before.
6: Well, the cases... Is- look very high compared to what we had in the spring. But I'm
7: talking about deaths.
6: The deaths are rising. They're not near where they were in the spring.
7: That's not the, what the graphs I see tell me.
6: Mm, uh, the deaths are not near where they were it, in the spring, in April and May when New York was killing off it, all their nursing homes. It's, it's just... The, I'm the not calling you... Uh, I'm
7: not saying that you're not correct. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that all the graphs I see show the, the horrible so, thing here. So
6: the cases. are look much higher than they did in the spring but that's because we were doing far far less testing in the spring
7: right but hospitalizations have increased hospitalizations
6: have increased from where they were deaths have increased from where they were over the summer um the the deaths are not near where they were in the spring and um that that's just not true i mean even like the states where it's pretty bad right now like south dakota the deaths are very bad right now they're not where the New York deaths were in the spring. the What happened in New, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, uh, Massachusetts in the spring, and I, I was just looking at these numbers recently because I was kind of curious. Like, we hear a lot about the border of Texas. We hear a lot about uh, South Dakota, about some of these other places. um, And, and they're just not anywhere near where, I mean, the, the top four states for per capita deaths for COVID are still New York, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Connecticut, that they, I mean, and and nowhere else comes close. I mean, like Texas right now is having a pretty bad problem. They're still at like seven or eight hundred deaths per million population, and Massachusetts is at like fifteen hundred. New York is at like eighteen hundred. You know, the it's it's really and and that's not necessarily due to any particular thing that Cuomo did or didn't uh. do. Mm. The, the nursing the, the, home thing is bad. But well, I understand, also, but the media will tell you that these are, this is
7: precisely about masks. Right, but, precisely. We,
6: but we have, um, you know, we've learned a lot about how to keep people alive who do this. You notice you don't really hear about ventilators anymore. That's because we're not putting people on ventilators anymore because they actually weren't really helping that much for most people. Um, and we've learned a lot about how to care for people who have COVID. There are still... a a lot of people dying if you look at excess deaths uh compared to like an average year uh they have been really up they're still not as high as they were in wave one we had a bit of a bump in the summer and we're you know we have not peaked yet for a wave three i would say um but but uh, it's not going to get as high as it did in the spring in terms of population deaths and it will peak and it will go down again And and. Right now, it seems mostly to be tied to weather patterns. When the weather is in the extremes, when it's extremely hot mm. in the south and people go inside, or when it's extremely cold in the north and people go inside, that's when you see the spikes happening. Because it is mostly transmitted in enclosed indoor environments. That's a, that's just the reality. And, uh, you know, the you can go back and forth on masks and no masks and this and that, but the numbers haven't all shaken out yet. And so far it seems the best correlated thing is, um, is temp is temperature days. Uh, the Globally, interestingly, one of the best correlated things is um, how authoritarian your society is or isn't. Um, mm-hmm. So there are, you know, people that try and, um, you know, Quantify how authoritarian a society is with like a number, so like China's pretty authoritarian, obviously, like, um, Russia is sort of too, and then you know, and then, um, when you graph that versus like COVID deaths, those countries do really well because, as it turns out, if you can track where all of your citizens are at all times, like, China does. Um, then you can control whether or not they spread virus to each other really well too. Like if you can lock them all in their apartments and ensure people don't leave and right
7: you know. or to, to trace their every move with uh, you know their iPhone that is right. against the law for them to leave behind and you can yeah, sanction their so lives. So
6: then you can you can control the virus spread pretty well. Baby on the bright steps, side, Alice. On the bright side, we don't live in a surveillance state, so there's right. that. Like you know.
7: uh, on the less bright side, President-elect Biden tells Jake Tapper he will ask all Americans to wear masks for the first hundred days. After he takes office. Speaking of Fauci, uh, have you spoken with him yet? If so, have you asked
8: him to stay on? Yes uh, and his, yes. Yes and yes. When, when, tell me about the conversation. Well, As he said, what more needs to be done from his point of view?
9: Well, look, uh, uh, my chief of staff has worked with him in the last uh, crisis. He's been talking to him all the time, Ron Klain. I talked to him today. We spoke today at 3 o'clock. My COVID team met with him. I asked him to stay on in the exact same role he's had for the past several presidents. And I asked him to be a chief medical advisor for me as well and be part of the COVID team. And so what has to be done is we have to make it clear to the American people that the vaccine is safe when it occurred, when that is determined. And number two, you have to make sure, as he points out, you don't have to close down the economy like a lot of folks are talking about now, if, in fact, you have clear guidance and you're able to say to businesses, OK, for example, bars and restaurants are going to close. But we're going to provide you the wherewithal to not lose your business like we were like the, the house had passed. Quite a bet. And We're going to be able to reopen. We're going to be able to reopen in time and not to close down for long periods of time. We talked about masking. Uh, it is important that we, in fact, uh, the president and the vice president, we set uh, the, you know, the, 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 the pattern by wearing masks. Yeah. But beyond that. Or the federal government has authority i'm going to issue a standing order that in federal buildings you have to be masked and in transportation interstate transportation you must be masked in airplanes and buses etc and so uh, it's a it's a matter of and i think my inclination uh jake is on the first day i'm inaugurated to say i'm going to ask the public for 100 days to mask just 100 days to mask not forever 100 days And I think we'll see a significant reduction if we occur that 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 occurs with vaccinations and masking to drive (laughs) down the numbers considerably.
7: One hundred days.
6: I mean, it's convenient that that fits the vaccine timeline really well. Like, the first yes, people th- are going to start getting the vaccine two weeks from now. And, you know,
7: like... Right. And that's he's not going to... And
6: me- it's going to be the most vulnerable people first, which is where all the deaths are happening. So then, like, they'll go down and people will be like, look, Biden became president and magically everyone started wearing Absolutely. masks. Absolutely. And the deaths and went all down. of these news state, Like, after yes. Trump developed the vaccine. It's the same thing, like, with the stock market, how people are like, oh, the stock market's going up because Biden's going to be president now. No, it's going up because there's a vaccine, so soon we'll be able to open businesses again. And by the way, it's not keeping the economy open when you say we're going to tell the bars to close but pay them to do it. That's still right. closing the economy. Right, <laughs> and a lot of those bars
7: in restaurants all through the country, like we've mentioned, it's almost 40% of small businesses in Massachusetts are closed. A mm-hmm. lot of those people have uh, have have reneged on their leases, have broken their leases, mm-hmm. A lot of those people are gone. They're just gone. Oh, So it's over already.
6: There is a mushroom cloud of a crisis about to break because all these people who have been putting off their mortgage payments and putting off their rent payments still owe that money. Right, That's going to come due. And the time where they can not pay is about to run out. And uh, there's going to be a huge problem because they're still not employed. And the people that Biden hangs around with... uh, don't even realize that this crisis is happening because they're all upper middle class people whose jobs have not been impacted. You know, if you work – well, if you work in, like, biotech like a lot of people around here in our area in Massachusetts do, you know, then then you are golden. First of all, this is great for you. Your business is doing yes. awesome. You know, but but lots of these industries, people – People who work in office jobs have not been impacted that much. I saw a statistic early on in the pandemic, and I do not know how this is borne out, uh, you know, now. But it was something like forty percent of people who make under forty thousand dollars a year were out of work. The this, the, you have to remember, with the unemployment numbers, that they're not that the unemployment numbers are primarily affecting low-income people right now. So the the unemployment numbers amongst that population group are much, much higher than what's being reported for the population as a whole. These people are hurting really badly. There's been no stimulus for them since the spring. Their bills are all about to come due at once in a couple months, and Congress had better do something, or we're going to have a really big problem.
7: Right, and if if the Democrats win the Senate, then the amount of help and support you get from uh, Congress, you know, the the amount of uh, your own taxpayer money you're allowed to hold on to will depend on how much money Lori Laughlin's daughter gets for her college relief because mm-hmm. everything will be on the table if progressives have a shot at this. So if, if you're a Republican down in uh, Georgia, I would suggest you get out and uh, vote. But another thing, that when Biden says, you know, we're not going to ask people to close and close their businesses if we follow the guidelines and that you won't need to do that. Well, that's not true because he can do all he wants to with federal mandates and this and that, etc. and interstate travel and... Uh, You you know, and, uh, you know, federal buildings, et cetera. But you've got tyrants in cities making harsh decisions, which are zero-sum decisions. My message
4: couldn't be simpler. It's time to hunker down. It's time to cancel everything. And if it isn't essential, don't do it. Don't meet up with others outside your household. Don't host a gathering. Don't attend a gathering.
7: Wow. Mm-hmm. What I, If you're in L.A., I don't know how you don't jump in the station wagon right now and hit the and gas.
4: Cancel everything.
7: Cancel everything. It's that easy for him. No one he works with is going to have a problem. Yeah. Cancel everything. And he got
6: to go on his Cabo trip before. Or no, that's the Austin guy. <clears throat> Sorry. This it's is... a
7: different hypocritical mayor. Sorry. I don't know what Garcetti's situation is. I, I could assume yeah. you're probably right.
6: But, yeah, but all these people. I mean, who was it the San Francisco mayor that also went to French Laundry?
7: Yes, yes. But they're
6: all ridiculous. It's, I mean, I don't know how many more times I can listen to these people say, you know, I'm really deeply sorry and I deeply regret my decision to go to an extremely swanky restaurant or a country club or to Cabo or to have a wedding for my daughter without just like exploding. I can't yes. listen to this anymore. Well, while well, people are out of work and really really suffering. I mean, it's do you have the guy um that Matt Walsh tweeted? That I sent you in Twitter. Oh,
7: I don't think I got it. Um, you can play it I straight. Okay. There's no
6: ad on it or anything. Um, so the, there was this guy who's like a restaurant owner, and unfortunately, I didn't have time to look up where he actually is. Uh, but he's being fined a thousand dollars a day right now. And this local news station came to like report outside his business, and uh, he came out to talk to them. They apparently weren't going to talk to him. They were just going to come stand outside and and report on uh, on him being there. There was also last night said no. Tovarius,
10: uh-huh. is, is everything okay? Okay. My government leaders have abandoned me.
6: Are you are
10: you For, the, the owner? Of, four trillion dollars of stimulus it's in money. Portage, they gave that it is. to who? Special what? interest groups and campaign donors. I'm Dave Morris. I own the place. So what's going on? What's going on? You know what's going on. Tell me. You tell me. Uh, hey, we got issue. a government that has taken the stimulus money. They gave it to special campaign donors. They gave it to special interests, they abandoned me, and they have put me in a position where I have to fight back. Okay? So do you feel that this is the right thing to do? Absolutely. I feel everybody needs to stand up. Hey listen, there was enough money to give every family, every family in this country $20,000 to go home for two months. They chose to give it to special interests and campaign donors, the Kennedy Space Center, and they abandoned us.
7: It's the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts. <laughs> Maybe the Space Center got it too. Yeah.
10: So, you could have given me money. I'd gladly walk away for 60 days and let this virus settle down. I'm not going to do it alone. Okay? Are you going to continue to violate the state's orders and this stay is open? A state, state order. This isn't an order. This is a conspiracy. This is a tyranny. What do you want to tell other restaurant owners who. Wake up. Stand up. This is America. Be free. I got patriots coming out supporting me.
7: So that guy. Um, Dave Morse, the the reporter there, I don't know if you saw the reporter, mm-hmm. tweeted that it was his, essentially he, he bragged about giving it right back to Dave Morse, pushing back on him. But that well, guy-
6: he, The guy's 100% right. Is he so? not? Uh, Dave Morse, the restaurant owner, is 100% right, isn't he? I mean, it's, they could have chosen, Congress could have chosen, Nancy Pelosi could have chosen instead of deciding to put every stupid thing into her covid Relief stimulus bill that she wanted to do They could have focused Laser beam focused in On direct cash payments to people To get them to stay home And to keep things Keep the wheels turning You know while they kept things Shut down but If you set up a situation where people are desperate and people are absolutely desperate and are going to be more desperate very soon because their rent is going to be due. very I mean, their last six months of rent is going to be due very soon all at once. And and they have no way to pay it. They still probably don't have a job, especially in states like Massachusetts or Michigan or these places where they keep keep everything as closed as possible. And, you know, when when people are desperate, they're not going to take this stuff anymore you know they're not just gonna keep being closed they're gonna open the doors of the restaurant they're going to just do what they're gonna do there was a crowd that gathered around a bar in new york last night yeah i mean because people are starting to lose it with Mm -hmm. this you can't i tend to be in favor of keeping things open but you can't shut everything down and then not help people if you make people's jobs illegal then you have to feed them some money to keep them going.
7: Yes. Yes. This is not. <laughs> it's
6: not okay. <laughs> right.
7: You forced them to do this and it, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and we know now more about the virus. Mm-hmm. We know that the, the death rate of patients has gone down 80% from when it was at its height because we now can use therapeutics and keep people alive. And also we're doing some wrong stuff in the early stages. We know who dies from this. My fellow fats don't do well. Some other comorbidities in mm-hmm. really, really old people. So I, you would think that maybe the emphasis, instead of shutting this guy's bar and this guy's restaurant, and mm-hmm.
4: um, cancel everything, instead of
7: canceling everything, mm-hmm. would the best thing would be to do would be make sure use all your resources and protect the people who are vulnerable. Because it's all about people who die, I, right?
6: I even heard a really great suggestion um, someone made. It was sort of in like a side conversation on Twitter. Some like public health people were talking about this, and they were saying like, "Well, maybe the thing to do is instead of telling." everyone to wear these cloth masks or surgical masks that are like sort of effective but more effective at not spreading it to other people if you have it mm-hmm. maybe we should be telling people who are vulnerable or who are high risk to wear n95s now that we don't have the same shortage as we had before people who are vulnerable should be wearing masks that actually do protect them and not just other people they should be wearing a mask that Will absolutely keep out virus like they should be wearing serious PPE that actually does keep them safe because Mm -hmm. wearing a cloth mask doesn't do much. And like maybe the focus should be less on telling healthy people to wear a mask on the off chance that maybe they're asymptomatic COVID positive, which seems like to be a relatively remote possibility for most people most of the time. And tell people who are likely to die if they get this to wear a freaking N95 mask, which will actually keep virus off of them. <laughs> like, that seems like a, an easier and smarter plan because it spreads the risk to the people who can do something about it.
7: Right. And so that's where we are. We're heading into this thing right now. We'll see. We'll see more and more uh, how it goes. In Massachusetts, where they've just opened up another kind of spillover um, field hospital. In uh, in Lowell, it's one in Lowell, one in Worcester, mm-hmm. currently, and it, it wasn't needed last time. Who knows if it'll be needed this time? Time I I don't think so, but but I don't know yet, and uh, we'll see. I mean, one, uh, my feeling, and if you go uh, to, to the to the CDC website and say the stop COVID," it doesn't say yes anywhere. says <laughs> it's, it's a layer of protection. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm sick of it. I talked to a guy today who said. These SOBs don't wear their masks, uh, you know, they should be tried for murder and this and that. You, this is not Trump caused the virus, dead people, and then Trump, Trumpets wouldn't no. wear masks, more dead people. I know that's an easy way to feel good about this thing, but that's not, if this comes around again with another president, you will you not have learned anything <laughs> if you just blame this on Donald Trump. I want to move to. Uh, actually, I guess we'll stay right in Michigan. Uh, just to check in, this is even you know, these hearings are going on with uh, for the election. Most of the states that really count at this point have certified their their election counts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I am willing to sit here and say that Democrats stole some votes. Um, sure, but why not? Right, but um, this game is over. Okay. I'm. I'm not, and I'm not trying to. I'm not saying it's a fair game, and I know that there are Trump supporters out there. I was on with Todd Feinberg tonight, Mm -hmm. and listen to what I said. I should have grabbed the sound. I simply said, Todd had asked me, um, like what I thought would happen with the Republican Party. Would they have a candidate next time who could win? And I said something like, if you if they find a a candidate who's normal, uh, like. Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio but who has some of the Trump traits then maybe and the phone rang and this woman beat me to death this <laughs> caller and she said we don't want normal normal you said normal you said normal she was angry as hell mm. because the, the you know Trump supporters and I supported Trump and I you supported Trump mm-hmm. Trump supporters are very angry about this election I understand the pain of the election mm-hmm. and I will always say that there are some great things that, that President Trump did I'm glad I voted for him It's, uh, this week, it's time to wrap it up, I would say, and begin his other venture. There's no reason to...
6: Um, I mean, also, the like, the same group of people that are really, really mad about the election, um, are saying, like, not to vote for the Republican senators in Georgia. Mm -hmm. Like, and that, I I just literally don't understand that.
7: I have the answer for you. (laughs) I have the answer for you on that. So, um... Who's the lawyer who's doing it? Lin Wood. Lynn Wood. And then the- uh,
6: Sidney Powell. Sydney
7: Powell. I can never get their, their, them right. Lin Wood has been a lifelong Democrat. Has he really? Yeah. He's been a supporter of Democrats, including Barack Obama. Oh. Of course he's telling people sitting oh. there behind the scenes, behind the lines with Come Trump. On. He's telling people- I got this, by the way, from um, Eric Erickson. Oh. Um, he's been there- and in, in t- uh, who would listen to them? You need to vote. Forget about Linwood and Sidney Powell. Forget about that stuff. Some person who who we should not forget about is somebody who I may have a mild crush on. Alice, I'm uh-huh. one. Let me put it like this. Okay. One, I love you. Two, I may have a crush on another woman. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Melissa Carone uh... has been in Michigan. She's she worked for this. Um, this voting machine company, Dominion. whatever. Yes. And so Rudy Giuliani brought her in as a witness as to what's going on. <laughs> and she is a gregarious, I would say, a um, pointed, passionate witness. <laughs> and she is just my new favorite human being.
1: The The poll, the poll book is completely off. Completely off. Off that by 30,000? I'd say that poll book is off by over 100,000. Huh? That how- poll book? Why don't you look at the registered voters on there? How many registered voters are on there? Did you? Do you even know the answer to that?
7: No, I guess it's, I'm trying to get to the bottom zero. of this
1: here. Zero. There's zero.
7: She's a witness. He's the congressman. <laughs> She's a witness. So she has
6: less than perfect regard then- for the – for the whole like uh, process of you know, no. asking the questions and her waiting till they're done asking and then her. Oh no, he's her. looking to be alive.
1: <laughs> Is if the- guess how many? Wait, what about
6: what about how what what about the turnout rate? A
1: hundred and twenty percent.
8: Let's let Representative Johnson ask his
7: question. question. <laughs> Hear. Mm-hmm. There is speculation that there may have been a cocktail involved at lunch. I don't know. I don't care. I <laughs> or love if
6: her. the drug mix just was off that day. Option number
7: know. one is that the poll book numbers are not going to match.
6: They the, don't.
1: The actual. Not by thousands and thousands of votes. That's not what we see right now. You that, take a look again. Take a look again. Option number two is that they essentially were, were filling in names of people who didn't vote. That, Dead that, people too? So is that? Let's I guess, let is that Representative your Johnson ask
8: his question, and then when I he's done, I thought
6: that done, was his. Aunt.
8: Okay, uh, poor Representative Johnson. He's a Republican,
6: by the way, too. Oh, is he? Yes, he's just trying to. They're trying to like, they don't want to look bad. So right. they're, they're trying, trying to, to like, land the plane. Um, but they're trying to like get her to make a specific allegation that they can like. See, they want to try and find something here that they can support so they can say something happened. But they're, they can't even figure out what she's trying to get she's at. She's getting exactly. berated
1: by this little one. We're not seeing the poll book off by 30,000 votes. That, that's not the what case. What did you guys do? Take it and uh, do something crazy to it? <laughs> I'm just saying the numbers are not off by 30,000 votes. So I know what I saying saw. saying that they're filling in? I know votes? what I saw. And I signed something saying that if I'm wrong, I can go to prison. Okay. Did you? <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're. Are we saying that the poll book is either wildly off or that they are, wildly that they are off. filling in names? It's wildly off, and dead people voted, and uh, illegals voted. Okay. So that's my uh, answer. I think.
7: Was she heavily influenced by Trump's first debate with Biden or what? She is pushing him around. But then, by the way, this is a uh, an absolute <laughs> audio replay of Alice Shattuck with Tom Shattuck at Michael Graham's wedding. We're not seeing the poll book off by 30,000 votes.
1: That, that's not the what case. What did you guys do? Take it and uh, do something crazy to it? Totally. No, totally.
6: that's not accurate. I believe I was... I love
7: you, but that's what you sounded like. I
6: was pregnant when we went do, to Michael Grant's oh, wedding. Oh, well, what
7: wedding was that then that I'm talking about?
6: I think the Serbian one we went to.
7: Okay, same place. Copley no, Copley Plaza Hotel. Look for surveillance footage and you will see what <laughs> I mean.
1: The, the, poll, the, the poll book is completely off.
7: She's a wonderful, wonderful person. All right, um, so we've talked again and again and again and again and again and again about the how this media – how they think. You know, the fact-checkers – Daniel Dale, I believe, was quietly euthanized <laughs> in, in the woods somewhere. They don't need him anymore. It's remarkable now how you hear – they're exposing exactly their thought process when it comes to Republicans or Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. With Joe Biden, obviously – Trump, there's no, and Republicans, everything they say, of course, is going to be a lie because they're they're just liars. We know they're bad people, so they're going to lie. But listen to Chris Cuomo, not a smart person, but his thought process, and he says way too much here, and it's wonderful.
2: As someone covering the White House for a long time now, I took a lot of comfort in something pretty small.
7: He starts by saying, as someone covering the White House for a long time now. You know, he, before he was at CNN, I think he was at ABC, whatever. He's been covering the White House for a long time. Now, but something he just saw at the White House gave him comfort.
2: Like the size of a pinky toe bone. When Biden hurt his foot, I appreciated it. Why? Because I'm a sadist. No.
7: You're an idiot. Can you, because I'm a sadist. Stick with the script, Chris. Here we go.
2: Because we just got the straight truth about
7: it.
6: There you go. Well, so st- when it turns out that... Straight truth. No, no, no,
7: no, no. It was a straight truth. <laughs> he heard his uh, foot uh, playing with the German shepherd. Most 86-year-old <laughs> feeble men, you know, have a wrestle with the dog usually. <laughs> he gave us a straight truth. He wrestled with the dog and hurt his foot. It's not an old thing. No, he was doing something very youthful and virile. No lie. Nope.
2: No deny. Just... He was out playing with his dog. He sprained his foot or broke some bone in his foot.
7: Yep, that's gospel. Sounds good to me. Thank you, Ms. (laughs) Bettingfield. No no further questions. Thank you. I appreciate that, T.J. Ducklow. I appreciate it. Jen Saki. thank you. It was a dog, sprained his foot. That's all I need to know? All right, that's all I need to know. Those aren't the droids I'm looking for.
2: Probably have to wear a walking boot for weeks. So why is that a big deal for me? Because there was no BS. There was no
7: blocking us from the reason that Trump was rushed to a hospital. No... No blocking us from the reason, incredible, incredible. Isn't
6: this the same one Andrea Mitchell complained (laughs) about that they didn't get the information right away?
7: Yes, yes, exactly the same one. Exactly. Maybe
6: she should check notes with (laughs) yes. In in (laughs) Robin
7: Chris, (laughs) when Hillary Clinton had to leave the 9/11 ceremony in 2016, and then took a dinger off the the sidewalk. The the media said, where is she to Robbie Mook? Why did she suddenly have to leave? And he said, oh, no, no, no. She just had to go somewhere. It's, you know, it's, it's hot out, whatever. And they said, okay. And then they got reports from somebody that she had fallen into the van. Robbie Mook said, no, no, no. There's no, there's no truth to that. I wish you'd stop saying it. And they said, okay, thank you. That was no BS. Thanks, Mr. Mook. You know, somebody got to, you know, the Fox guy got uh-huh. footage. And then we found out, wow, they had been lied to. But they still never, they still don't call it a lie. And
6: there's total revisionist history about that too. I forget who it was, but some media person during the campaign, I think it was like when Trump had COVID, was saying, like, remember when the Republicans like made such a huge deal about Hillary Clinton having pneumonia during the campaign? Like, that was a totally normal thing. Can you believe they abused that? And uh, the problem with it was that, The campaign was lying and saying there was absolutely nothing wrong, even though we could all tell there was something really wrong, and it was an honesty issue, not a health issue. You know, it was if they're lying about this, how much are they lying about her health? Like, of
7: course, well, the whole time they lied about her health when she was having coughing fits all over the place. And
6: this is why, though, it's so funny to me that they still literally can't see this. This is why they then turn around and give us a ticker tape count of like how many times Trump has lied no one cares it's not that we don't know that Trump's a liar Trump absolutely lies constantly but we don't care because the rest of them all lie all the time too and we've been told that that's like perfectly fine and normal and everything's cool so like why should we then care when Trump lies
7: and as a matter of fact going by the the weight and currency that comes with certain untruths Trump's gonna tell you he has the best this, best that, best best this, best that, right. biggest crowd. You know, it's it's the the best tax cuts the best all everything a thousand of the best people, the best it, it's always the best and and that's fine. None of those none of those is a you can keep your doctor lie. Oh yeah. None of those is a lie that totally screws you over. It's Flim flam. I'll yeah. take flim Flame, which is why a lot of people don't care what he's not like if you it's like if you it's like having President James Carville, you know?
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go invest in a company because Trump tells me to. Right. He tells me it's the best thing ever. That's that's for sure. I'm definitely not going to do that because I do not trust him. But, I mean, he hasn't lied. He gave us a list of judges he was going to put in, and he is sure stuck to that. I'm pretty pleased with that. You know, it's things like he that. He packed
2: the court, Ellis. Fugazi doctors with these absurd, lauding statements about Biden being superhuman, the strongest pinky toe in history. Just the truth,
7: (laughs) the truth. Jesus, we heard a lot about uh, how the truth is uh, formulated from the uh, Jeff Zucker audio this week from um, James O'Keefe. Maybe we'll grab some of that for um, this weekend, perhaps. But I want to switch it up, Alice. We're heading into the weekend. Mm -hmm. I want to have fun, so I'm gonna. I found some. um, I found some content here. Okay. That will be lost on most people who listen. If you're under 60, a lot of this may not mean anything to you, but it should if you're a smart person who knows a little about culture before you were born. So um, the kid from 1D in the dress, who's that?
6: Harry Styles. Harry
7: Styles will not be referenced in this. <laughs> okay. These are a couple of just funny little anecdotes that I found on the internet, I thought they'd be fun and cool. You know, people think I'm a lot older than I, than I am. I'm 40 and 7.
6: Okay.
7: People have always thought I'm old just because I... They don't make people who move like me anymore. I was like, I was like a crappy prototype, um, and I always had a high forehead. Never quite, never got bald, but I had a high forehead. So I was always balding in my teens and twenties and thirties until everybody else was really bald. And then they finally threw in the towel and said, "You know what? We, you were right. You weren't. You weren't going bald." So I, now, of course, it doesn't matter anymore because now I'm, you know, mostly dead. But here we go. This is Michael Caine. You know the Graham Norton show in England.
6: Mm -hmm.
7: This is Michael Caine, great English, I think he's English, he's British, anyway, great English actor, talking about the time he ran into, guess who, Alice? If you get this, I'll give you one, how much money do we have in the bank? (laughs) (laughs) I'll write you a check for one million dollars if you get this. Guess who he talks to? This happens in the late 60s. In
6: the late 60s, Mm -hmm. and he... Is excited about having met someone? Having
7: met somebody? Yes, exactly.
6: How, he had just met them recently in the late 60s? He or? met them in
7: the late 60s. Okay. Well, this is this this thing's only a couple years old, but he had met the person in the late 60s. I'll give you a hint. Uh, well, if you get this right, I will do right now 10 push-ups <laughs> okay. on camera. Okay.
6: okay. Okay, what's my hint?
7: Your hint is the person he met was short and a writer. 10 push-ups, Alice, in front of people. I could even do them shirtless. Can you think of any short writers?
6: <laughs> I don't really know how tall most writers are. They're all short. Um <laughs> So that doesn't really narrow it down. Go right ahead. It's just a writer. Um Ian Fleming, I don't know.
7: Incorrect. John Wayne. So he met John Wayne.
6: Is John Wayne a writer?
7: Uh, No. He met the actor John Wayne in the. So
6: did you lie to me?
7: I love you. My hint was and yes. a lie. <laughs> yeah,
6: I couldn't do the push ups,
7: Alice. I couldn't do the push ups. <laughs> so he met John Wayne in the lobby of, I think, the Beverly Hills Hotel. Listen to this. Uh, t- re- listen to Regalis okay. with this nugget.
11: Shirley brought me to, to Hollywood to do Gambit, but she, she, her thing she was doing overran, and I was a week on my own in Hollywood, and I was just, I'd never been to America and I was a week on my, and they put me in a luxurious suite in the Beverly Hills Hotel and then nobody ever talked to me or phoned <laughs> me, I didn't know anybody I was just in this luxury hotel ordering caviar and champagne <laughs> all on my own for a week and in the daytime I used to go down to the lobby and sit in the corner to see if I could see any stars <laughs> Yeah. and one day a helicopter landed and all the flowers went up and the beds outside up in the air and in walked John Wayne, in a Complete cowboy act, just like that. Look, look. (laughs) Just like that. And he he was registering in the Beverly Hills Hotel. And he looked up and he saw me in the corner. And he said to me, What's your name, kid? I said, Michael Caine. He said, You in that movie, Alfie? I said, Yes, I saw that. He said, You're going to be a star, kid. I said, Oh, thank you, sir. And he said, But let me give you some advice. He said, Talk low, talk slow. And don't say too effing much. (laughs) And I had on suede shoes. And he said to me, have you got them? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He said, said, never, never wear suede shoes, Uh kid. (laughs) So I said, what? He said, never wear suede shoes. So I said, why? He said, because I just told you, you're going to be a star, kid. He said, and you're going to be in a gent's toilet taking a pee. He said, and the guy next to you is going to be taking a pee. he's going to look, and he's going, Michael Caine. <laughs> and he looks over,
7: and right on his stage two. How did you like that piece of uh, comedy, Alice? <laughs> These
6: are else? the hazards that women don't have to think about, I guess.
7: Exactly. Oh, sorry. Am I Okay, Exactly. All right. Ready for another one?
6: Okay, let's going go. Going into the weekend.
7: <laughs> or we can take a second. We can take a right turn in and mention Walter Williams, who just died at 84, who's a great great economist you know what we're gonna do walter williams this summer but i'll give you a hint of what we're gonna play um walter williams on the minimum wage he's an economist uh, he was a really prominent black economist uh professor he used to fill in for rush limbaugh he's quite he was quite a talent a hell of a guy huge personality uh this is him on the minimum wage
4: a lot of people say the minimum wage law is an anti poverty device it, you know, it right. reduces poverty well that's, that doesn 't even pass the smell test I mean because if it were an anti poverty device rather than our spending all these millions and billion dollars billions of dollars in foreign aid, we just tell Bangladesh and Haiti you could be <laughs> rich like we are, just have a higher minimum wage that 's just utter nonsense and then also. The empirical evidence on the minimum wage law in 1948, the unemployment rate among black teenagers was 9.4 percent. 1948. 1948. Mm-hmm. The unemployment rate among white teenagers was like 10.2. So it's the labor, lower. Huh? It po- was lower. It was lower. Lower for blacks than white. Yeah, uh-huh. and the labor force participation rates uh, for black teenagers were greater than uh, white mm-hmm. teenagers. Matter of fact, it was 106 mm-hmm. percent, and so. You say, well, well, how come in 1948? Was there less discrimination? Is that why? Or were blacks more, in 1948, higher skilled than whites? No, it was the minimum wage law. Mm. And then also the extent of coverage in the minimum wage All law right, so because- we will get
7: more Walter or- Williams, the great Walter Williams, this Sunday or Saturday, depending on, on what's going on. But it's time for another joke, Alice. Another Hollywood classic joke. This okay. one's from before you were born. Okay. This is 1980, and I believe, for the great actor... Since we're coming up on It's a Wonderful Lifetime, uh, let's see if this camera survives Oh, I love him. Yes. This is a great James Stewart on a show called The Funniest Joke You Ever Heard,
3: 1984, telling the greatest joke he'd ever heard. man and his wife sitting having breakfast. Very nice couple. Uh, Margaret said to John, uh, John, uh, if I would die, uh, would you get married right away after my death? But John said, "Well, that's the darnedest thing. i here. We here's a beautiful morning, and we're sitting here having a nice breakfast together. And you bring up this terrible thing about death. I'm not going to talk to you. That's a terrible thing to do, Margaret. And and I uh, forget about it. Forget about it. But she didn't forget about it. She brought the same thing up that night, and uh, he did the same thing. And then for about three days, she'd she said, now what, if I would die?' Uh." would you get married? Uh, sorry. Finally, he gave up and he said one night, uh, she said, if I would die, would you, would you get married again? He said, yes, I uh, would. Well, now, no. is that settled? She said, uh, w- would you sell the house? He said, uh, no. I'm no, I wouldn't sell the house. She said, uh, uh, would you sell our bed? He, he said, no. No, uh, our bed is, I, I, I don't see any th- reason why. No, I wouldn't sell, sell the bed. She said, well, you certainly wouldn't let her touch my golf clubs. And he said, no. No, she, she's left-handed.
7: <laughs> Come on, Alice. You gotta admit that's funny. Mm-hmm. You get it? I get it. Pretty good, huh?
6: That's a good one.
7: All right, One more. One more. This one I I love. So this is the guys. This is um, in the 90s. This is the guys from Monty Python. Graham Chapman was dead by that time. But Eric Idle is there and John Cleese and Terry Gilliam and Michael Palin and a a couple of more were there. And just Terry Gross, I guess. And um, and, um, Eric Idle starts telling the story of when the guys from Monty Python, when they were first making it big, that a German production company... German production company invited them over to Germany to do some skits, and uh, this is how that story goes. Well, the 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 Germans came to us and they said, "Look, we don't
8: have a sense of humor." (laughs) (laughs) Is it true? true? But we understand you do. (laughs) Will you come to Germany and write a comedy show for us? And they said, "We'll take you on a writing recce." And nobody's ever heard of a writing recce. You know, it was like ten days holiday in Bavaria so we said sure we'll go and we went to the airport and we flew to Munich and they met us at the airport with huge steins of beer and we were going there to write sketches for Germany to do comedy sketches and they took us from the airport straight to Dachau
0: <laughs>
8: this is a true story and as we tried to get to Dachau everybody kept denying they knew where it was oh, we'd I stop see. and say where's the camp and they said, what right. camp you what know you've not heard of this and Finally, we got there, and it was just closing. And we just we drove up, they said, no, you cannot come in. And Graham said, tell them we're Jewish. <laughs>
7: <laughs> God bless him,
8: and, and they let us in.
7: <laughs> now, I believe that is a true story, Alison. I choose choose to believe it's true. I believe Graham Chapman was a Jewish fellow, by the way. Um, so, um... It, so that's Monty Python's fault. If you don't like the joke, I think it's uh, it's all it's all in good fun. Alice? No, oh, sorry. Go ahead. You have a story to tell us. Your own story. Here's our last and final one. You've heard from this Michael Caine, Jimmy Stewart, Eric Idle, now Alice Shattuck.
6: This isn't a funny story, though. I mean, I mean, maybe you'll think it's funny. I don't know. but
7: The people just laughed just- <laughs> at a Dachau joke, Alice.
6: I don't know. Did they laugh? Mm. Um,
7: I didn't. I'm uncomfortable. The people in, from that thing from the audience did.
6: Whoa. Um, how's it my so joke? But so this is just something that happened to me that I wanted to tell you because
7: is this going to work, Alice? With the uh, loud yes, he, he just wants your wants, phone. He
6: just wants my phone, so that's wants your phone because I'm because I'm a good parent. I'm just going to give it to him.
7: <laughs> and he can do what he wants with it. Um,
6: and then so I just wanted to tell you the story because this is something real that happened to me today. that really, um impacted my day today. You're going to cry, aren't you? I did cry in the car on the way home Uh from the grocery store today because, and I'll tell you about why I did. Um, Because I was... um, So the... The grocery store was out of um, aluminum foil, as I told you. So, mm-hmm. I went to the Dollar Tree to see if they had aluminum foil, and they did. And it was the most packed Dollar Tree on planet Earth. And I, as I'm waiting in the line,
7: I mean, we, usually we go to uh, Tiffany's. <laughs> and,
6: uh... So, Tree was... of
7: Crump and Low was closed. So,
6: <laughs> do they have aluminum foil? Yes. There? <laughs> I don't it's know. Gold, I've never actually. been to one. Um, so, as I'm in line at the Dollar Tree. Um, there's a lot of people waiting, mm-hmm. and it's super busy. And um, the lady who is being checked out is very elderly and not moving quickly, and she's paying with a check. And um, it was moving slowly, and you could tell the cashier was, like, a little bit impatient, but she was holding it together. And, you know, she was offering to help and giving her all the information to fill out her check and everything for, like... $23 or something. So the lady's um, getting all her stuff together, and she's walking with a cane, and um, and uh, she gets the end of writing the check. And she takes her things, and then before she goes, she turns back to the cashier and hands her cash. Hmm. I didn't see how much cash, but she hands her some bills, and says, can you take this and if somebody comes through the line who's needy or is having trouble paying, can you use this to pay for their, their things that they're trying to buy? And then she like gathers up her stuff, her like $23 of stuff from the Dollar Tree that she spent on herself mm-hmm. and has her cane that she's walking with and goes out of the door from oh, the Dollar Tree. that's lovely. So, I guess that's a reminder that you know you can always find something to spare for other people you know that's
7: very nice alice very nice
6: so that's what happened to me today that got me in the in the crying i cry at everything i'm like i cry at all the like hallmark movies and stuff so
7: well that's beautiful alice that's so that beautiful.
6: happened to me today and i was pretty moved by it so um i hope it makes you think about the Did- holidays and stuff
7: now And I'm not trying to be shallow here at all, Alice. And you know I love you, right?
6: Uh, Did I pretend my card got declined as I was buying my aluminum one? Yes. No. No.
7: Well, it's a nice story anyway. It was very nice. And by the way, that Monty Python thing, the um, joke, the butt of the joke was the Germans. It's the Germans.
6: Yeah, they're the bad people.
7: Yes. Germans. There's an off-color joke that they said it doesn't matter for selling. It doesn't matter. Alice, tell them what they need to know.
6: You can find the Burn Barrel Podcast on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod. Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast on Parlor at Burn Barrel Podcast. You can send us an email at podcast at gmail.com. You can go check out our YouTube channel, Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel. You can like our videos, comment. You can subscribe to our channel and get notified when new videos come out. Look forward to hearing from you.
11: Say la fi Hold
0: up